0: Canadian police have started arresting peaceful protesters while the Minister of Finance officially freezes Canadians' bank accounts. Russia is laughing at the U.S. as our administration continues to fearmonger about a Russian invasion of Ukraine. After over two years, our politicians are finally trying to put an end to face masks on airplanes. And the media is now admitting what we already knew all along. Mask restrictions are hurting Democrats ahead of 2022. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, your host for the next hour as we get through this insane amount of news. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please remember you can also find the show on Rumble and Odyssey. The links are down below. Our second biggest platform is Podcast. You can always find the show there as well. We have almost 100 episodes on podcast. Many of you might ask and see my YouTube channel and say, "Where are all these episodes?" Because there's about what, like, twenty of the rapid fire episodes on YouTube. Maybe, yeah, there's almost uh, or almost a hundred of them on podcast. So go check that out. Go check it out on Rumble, Odyssey, my website, SethsAsOfficial And please remember, if you do like the show, to leave a five star review on a podcast. Now, I want to start out with, of course, the Canadian Freedom Convoy because Canadians are now being arrested by police. And I struggled with what to title tonight's show because the amount of propaganda that we are seeing in the West is devastating, to be quite honest with you. The way that the truckers are being framed by the media and politicians, the way the media has attacked these truckers and anybody who has donated, donated to them has been absolutely disgusting. It's abhorrent behavior, and I've reached the point where I want to see these evil media members tried for their crimes, because at this point, they're doxing and harassing private citizens. They're lying, and they're spreading propaganda about multiple issues in multiple countries, and it's getting out of hand. Our politicians are acting tyrannical, and as a I guess I would call myself a member of the media as a political commentator. It is truly exhausting to have to fight through the psychological manipulation that we are all being hit with every single day. And I can see why the average person doesn't even want to pay attention to politics. Because you try to delve into what's going on in Russia and Ukraine, you can't even get the truth. It's the U.S. and it's all our U.S. Secretary of Defense drumming up these fears and tensions between Russia and Ukraine but if you actually go to Ukrainian news and Russian news the story seems very different. It's the U.S. media and the Canadian media calling these truckers terrorists and insurrectionists when if you do a little bit of research on your own you'll see that these people have been extremely peaceful. They've been celebrating their freedoms. They're trying to stand up for something that is right. The future generations they're trying to stand up for freedom for the ages to come. And our media is continuously attacking them. And I didn't do the show last night because I just feel mentally exhausted having to cover this. And I'm in no position to complain because I'm not on the freezing streets of Canada right now, actually trying to fight for freedoms. I'm here in Texas, one of the more free states in America. And I have no cause for complaints. But as somebody who is just witnessing this and seeing what's happening right now, I want to say that we're winning and that we're doing a great job and life is getting back to normal. But I feel so disheartened lately because, again, we are going into year three of this COVID nonsense. And the only reason why these politicians are letting up in any way, shape or form is because it's the midterms because it's an election year. And the propaganda that we're seeing from the U.S. is disgusting. It's manipulative, it's, like, I can't even come up with enough adjectives here to describe how evil, corrosive, and disgusting and destructive what these Western politicians and media figures have been allowed to do. It's truly like a battle every single day where I have to fight through the misinformation that everybody that I'm friends with and associated with is a terrorist at this point. That every Canadian trucker is a terrorist insurrectionist. That Hillary Clinton should have won against Donald Trump in 2016 and that Trump stole the election and he was colluding with Russians. You know what the most insane thing is, is the Durham report came out and or, you know, they uh, uncovered evidence that Clinton did pay to spy on Donald Trump, just like he said. But how is the liberal media taking this and spinning it after four years? effing years of reporting that donald trump was colluding with russians now that there is concrete evidence that clinton spied on trump what is the liberal media doing oh yeah that's just a crock of shit it's fake that never that never even happened it's (laughs) yeah just uh this is just fox news running with some fake report and uh this is just the media the right-wing media just running with another lie it's ridiculous the amount of lies that we are being hit with every single day. And I've gotten to a point with my own show where it's like, I won't even play clips of Dr. Fauci. I won't even play clips from CNN because it's all complete BS. It's pointless to play because why am I going to continue to reiterate this straight up propaganda? And I'm so tired of having to cut through this. If you go to leftist media and if you go to leftist Twitter, the exact same things that we are saying on the right is being echoed, except in reverse, on the left. If you listen to Hillary Clinton talk about Donald Trump or talk about the right-wing's framing of anything, it's like, oh, it's disinformation, they're insurrectionists, they're terrorists, they're the communists, they're the fascists, they're the ones that are bad, blah, blah, blah. And- The levels of cognitive dissonance that I see on the left as well, it's just, I've gotten to the point where it's like, why am I even talking about this stuff anymore? If you believe that you need 10 booster shots to get out of this, if you're still listening to Dr. Fauci, if you're still listening to the mainstream media, if you think that January 6th was an insurrection or a riot, I can't help you anymore. You're too far past saving. And I don't want to live in this country anymore where I have to continuously be lied to every single day. And I have to watch innocent people be attacked by a justice system that does not stand for justice at all. The American justice system right now is targeting Donald Trump. Meanwhile, we have Black Lives Matter members that have point blank went and tried to assassinate an upcoming candidate. In America, in the American political realm, we'll read into that story here in a, in a bit. If I can gather my thoughts here and actually get to the news, but it's just like I have fifty different news stories here because you know we call this show Rapid Fire because I really am trying to to inform everybody what's going on. But a part of me is like, what is the point of informing people on all of the lies and propaganda that we're constantly being hit with? I've been doing this for five years at this point. And I'm only five years in. People have been in the political realm in the media world for decades. And uh, I genuinely see why people go so crazy and they turn into alcoholics or they go to drug use because this industry and politics as a whole is so toxic and exhausting. It truly is. I genuinely do not think that there are more than, let's say, 10 people in our government that are actually trying to make a change for the better. Because even on the Republican side, there's so many spineless rhinos who are afraid to talk to certain people or talk about certain issues or call out certain groups because it's taboo and it's not allowed. There's so many different corporations, even in right-wing media, who are pro-censorship behind the scenes and are afraid to take on certain subjects or talk about certain things or associate with certain people because it's bad and they don't wanna be condemned by the left. That's where we're at in society and everything just really feels like one big, huge lie to me every single day. And I am so tired of having to get up in front of a camera, put a smile on my face and pretend that everything's good in this country because, oh, guess what? No more face masks in New York. Yay, no more face masks in um uh, Minneapolis. This is so great. No, it's not great it's not great at all because guess what? We should have never been subjected to this psychological torture for the past two years. And I genuinely feel at this point like a a victim of all of this propaganda. And I have had my own issues as well with the lockdowns that I don't really talk about on my show because I don't like to get too personal with you guys. I like to stick to the news, but truly Over the past two years, I've had my own issues with extreme depression from being locked down, from having to watch grandmas in the street get beaten up by Antifa and Black Lives Matter militants because they were wearing a Trump hat. I've been so tired and it's weighed on my heart and soul watching police officers here in America stand down while Americans get attacked. And then as soon as BLM or Antifa go burn down a building or go murder somebody a point blank, shoot them. It's like, oh yeah, they're bailed out. It's no big deal. I'm so tired of George Soros funding all of these DAs who continuously allow these criminals back out onto our streets to riot and destroy our country from within. We are a very powerful country. America is such a powerful country that we need to be Trojan horsed, meaning we need to be destroyed from within. And that is what's happening every single day. I don't even like to focus in on TikToks or cultural news, but that is a very real aspect of what's going on in society right now. Our children are being targeted with this LGBTQ propaganda. They are being targeted with this sexuality nonsense, and we have pedophiles who are openly trying to make pedophilia okay. And we have people as well who are even scared to talk about this issue or say the word pedophile because YouTube is going to ban them for it. Like that's where we're at in society. I want people to understand, and I apologize that I am getting so hyped up right now. This was not my intention at all. I didn't even want to do the show. Like I said, I'm sorry I haven't been keeping this show on a regular schedule, but I've gotten to a point where it's like, I don't even want to do this show because it has very much set in for me that we are not a free country. We're not. You can't speak freely online. And if you want to bring this out into the real world, if I went and I stood outside with the sign as a brown person that said, it's okay to be white. You know what would happen? I would get physically attacked on the street. You know what happens if you uh, support Donald Trump in Canada, of all places? Yeah, your bank account is going to get frozen. We are not free in the West. And this is genuinely a fake construct that we still have our freedoms and rights today. We do not. People are scared to say words like tranny or I'm not even going to go through all of the list of words that we are not allowed to say anymore because I'll get canceled. See, again, you're watching right now a live time real censorship of me being afraid to say certain words because let's all keep in mind that a word is a word. Words are not violence. And we should all be able to say whatever we want. I am a free speech absolutist, but I've gotten to a point with my own self, too, where it's like, I even am like, is this worth covering? Is this an off-limits topic? And I don't even like that in my own mind I'm thinking that way because that's absolutely disgusting and it's not what this entire country was founded upon. So, yes, I am getting blackpilled, if you will. I'm not getting blackpilled. I'm so tired of these stupid terminologies I'm not black pilled. I'm living in reality right now and I understand and see where our country is at. We're not free in this country anymore. I have several people that I know that I I care about very much who have been targeted by the government, arrested by the government, beaten up by police officers. I'm watching the Canadian protesters get arrested, communism make its way into Canada. It's not even a slow creep, it's right over there, right next to us. I have reporters that I know in Canada who are saying, I am fearful for my life right now reporting in canada of all places what do you think is going to be coming to the u.s we have the biden administration right now spreading crap loads of propaganda to us what is really going on in society do we even really know no we don't because we're being lied to on such a mass scale every single day so apologize for uh the very spicy open there. I didn't mean to just scream at you guys for 13 minutes straight, but when I'm about to start my show and I watch this video of the head of the freedom convoy, uh, her name is Tamara being prepared to be arrested and then ultimately be arrested. It just really brings out the fire in me, I guess. And I want to be a neutral journalist and I want to be able to just report to you guys what's going on. But, you know, people say that women are very emotional and fine. I'm not going to utilize that as a weakness. I'm going to hone in on it as a strength because what we've lost as a society, especially in the media, is our humanity. Do you know why I get so upset when I report these things to you guys? Do you know why it's so difficult for me to come up in front of the camera and report my fellow man being savaged by police officers in Canada, by Trudeau's dictatorship? It's because I still have my humanity and I care about my fellow man, white, black, Hispanic, Asian. I care so much about everybody in this country and I do not want to see our society crumble. The media, who has doxxed every person who has contributed to the Canadian Freedom Convoy, they have lost their humanity. They don't have a soul. They're not working for Christ. They're working for themselves. They're working for Satan. They are satanic people because truly it takes a satanic and evil person at your core. If you even want to take God out of this, say you're an atheist listening to this show at the core of it, you have to be rotten and an evil person to dox an innocent Canadian or Australian or American because they decided to use the money that they worked hard to earn to support a cause that they believe in. And that cause is freedom. These Canadian truckers are out in the cold freezing their butts off for you and me, for the same media members that are doxing them and getting them fired and getting them arrested and getting their bank accounts frozen. So what we've lost in this country, in this world, is our humanity. And we need to get it back because I'm so tired of people in the media Treating their fellow man like an object or a subject that they can capitalize on and make money off of. Look at what is happening in Russia and Ukraine right now and the Biden administration. They see that entire situation and this proxy war as a way for them to make more money via the expense of our, our military members' lives, of Ukrainians' lives, of Russians' lives, of Europe, of Europe as a whole, because they're all going to be affected. So these corrupt politicians view all of us as a product. The media views us as a product. What clickbaity headline can we write and capitalize off of from this poor person's plight? And I hope that everybody watching this right now remembers their humanity. Somebody's in the chat. And I get so emotional talking about this because like I said, you guys, you know what? The psychological manipulation has been so much. It really has. And I try to remain calm. I really do. But it's just, it's so hard to watch my fellow man be dehumanized. And that's why I hate the face masks because they're so dehumanizing. I'm so tired of watching videos of angry people who have lost their humanity Going up to their fellow American, Canadian, Australian, Austrian, New Zealander and screaming at them for not wearing a face mask and telling them that they are a virus and that they're dirty and that they deserve to die if they're unvaccinated. We've completely lost our humanity worldwide and it is leading to a very bad place. It's leading to the Great Reset where only the creme de la creme of society prosper from our destruction and our divisiveness and us slashing each other at the throats look at all of the lgbtq nonsense and all the racial divisions and fires that are being stoked by our politicians and our media every single day that is because and you know what the reason why i can't even focus in on the news right now is because the news in itself is one faction of this greater issue and i truly do think that it's very much a distraction right Russia, Ukraine is a distraction from how Joe Biden is destroying us from the inside. Uh, The LGBTQ propaganda and culture nonsense is a distraction from the fact that we have open pedophilia and our kids are being targeted from multiple angles and factors. It's like we laugh at all of these adults on TikTok saying, yeah, I'm a tree gender. It's like we shouldn't be laughing at that. We should be looking at the greater aspect of this, that there are children on TikTok watching this unregulated. They are being influenced. And for some reason, nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about how the millennials who were indoctrinated with said propaganda are now teachers that are influencing your child and confusing your child and targeting your child. We are being destroyed from so many different angles. And I am just living in reality at this point when I say that this doesn't lead to a good place. We've lost our humanity. So while I want to look at where we're at as a society in a positive light, at the same time, I view what's going on. And I see that there's so many people that have been so targeted with this propaganda. And I don't even want to be loving when I'm talking about them. I want to, you know, just be blunt and say that these are weak-willed people that listen to Dr. Fauci and allowed fear to dictate their lives, And that was their decision. Because if you want to be that weak-minded and pathetic, then I don't want to share a country with you. I want to say that. But the other part of me is like, no, that's me giving in to the D. humanization of my fellow man so I'm trying to look at it as a this person was targeted by mass propaganda so I want to have compassion for my fellow man so just to give you guys an idea of where my headspace is at I have so much news for you guys I really do and I've just spent 20 minutes ranting here I had to get it all out because I I do get frustrated with how lighthearted so many people seem about the time that we're in. And I don't always want to be in war mode, but at the same time, it's like, it's not a win that face masks are being dropped. The only people this truly serves to benefit in 2022 is politicians because the face masks the propaganda on that, the damage has already been done. The people that are going to wear the face masks will wear them forever. The people who are not wearing them are already not going to wear them. And yes, we could say that it's it's a win that certain kids don't have to wear face masks anymore. But it's like, no, it's not a win to get your freedom back. That's like being jailed illegally for 20 years and then being let out like, oh, yay, I'm free now. I mean, 20 years of my life just disappeared. And I was, uh, you know, subjected to being imprisoned for no reason. But yay, I'm free now. No, I want every single person who was a part of this mass propaganda campaign to be held responsible. Dr. Fauci, every CNN talking head, Joy Reid, The View, Brian Stelter, Oliver Darcy, Ilhan Omar, AOC, all of these politicians who continue to lie to us and continue to aid in the destruction of our entire country. I want them all held accountable. Every police officer who unjustly arrested somebody for defending themselves against a mob, and then looked the other way when BLM and Antifa were savaging this country, every Canadian police officer who is completely detached from their own humanity and is arresting their fellow man in Canada right now, I hope justice is served to each and every one of you. I really do. Because you are an evil person and you're rotten to the core. Now, let me try to get into this news. Because I do want to give you guys an update on what is going on worldwide right now because it is important. So the Premier of Ontario, Doug Ford, admitted that the vaccine passport program was basically useless and a massive failure. He said this on Tuesday of this week. And keep in mind, this was almost the right-hand man of Trudeau, if you will, who was in Ontario trying to crack the hammer down on Canadians. Now he's realizing that the Canadians are not going to bend the knee. They're not going to leave until these vaccine mandates and passports and nonsense are over. So all of these people who were trying to crack down are now having to admit the truth of what's really going on. So uh, let's listen to this Ontario premier talk about the vaccine passport program and the reality of it this was on tuesday
1: you know you you can go to you can go to costco you can go to walmart you can go shopping you know you don't know if the person has a shot beside you or not but we also know that it doesn't matter if you have one shot or ten shots you can catch COVID. See, the Prime Minister has triple shots, and I, I know hundreds of people with three shots that caught COVID. We just have to be careful. We've got to always make sure we wash our hands and, and move forward. But, Colin, we can't stay in this position forever. we got to learn to live with this and get on with our lives. I bet if I asked every single person in this room, do you want these damn masks or do you want them off? They want them off. They want to get back to normal. They want to be able to go for dinner with their families. And there's every single person, including myself, knows people that are unvaccinated. You know, sure, there's there's the rebel rousers, and then there's just hardworking people that just don't believe in it. And and.
0: So we're done with those comments there. Do not forget who this man is and that he was trying to crack down on his citizens. Now he is doing a 180 because he sees that the masses are upset and he sees that this does not end well for the tyrants of Canada. Uh, For example, from Kian Bex, the Ottawa police chief has resigned after Trudeau took control of police forces last night. This was also on Tuesday. Um, same reporter who we've been following in Canada, he says, I am off the streets now after being followed through downtown Ottawa. It happened to me in Hong Kong and it is happening in my home country too. Canada is dying. So he's likening what is going on in Canada right now to communist China, um, ex- what he experienced in Hong Kong. And what we are seeing come out of Canada right now is very similar similar to communist tactics of shutting down anybody who opposes the government. Uh, the Minister of Finance, Christian Freeland, talked about crypto wallets today and uh, freezing bank accounts of Canadians. Let's listen to that as well, uh, just so we can all truly understand the state of Canada. We played the clip of what they were planning to do. Now they're actually doing it. Uh, this clip is from earlier today.
2: So you're confirming that accounts have been frozen, both personal and corporate, but you're not releasing the information. And the actual follow-up is, um, I'm just wondering whether the bank accounts will be targeted of individuals who donated to the Give, Send, Go and the GoFundMe campaigns. Are they considered designated people under the Emergencies Act, meaning that their credit cards could be cut and financial services are targeting them as well? Okay, so the names of both individuals and entities as well as crypto wallets, have been shared by the RCMP with financial institutions. And accounts have been frozen, and more accounts will be frozen. Uh, Crowdfunding platforms and payment service providers have started the registration process with FinTrack. Uh, In terms of the specifics on whose accounts are being frozen, uh, you now have the regulations. The financial service providers have those regulations as well. And they, working with law enforcement, will be making the operational decisions.
0: And I constantly say, look to Canada for what's going to come to the U.S. I don't have this article up over here, uh, but I have it pulled up on my other computer from the Hill uh, because the uh, minister of finance over here is talking about crypto wallets and cryptocurrency. And many people were saying that crypto was the future because the government couldn't regulate it. Well, now we see that the Canadian government is trying to go in and manage people's crypto wallets and trying to freeze those. Uh, Let's look to what's going on in the U.S. from the Hill Today, FBI to form new cryptocurrency unit. The FBI is forming a new team dedicated to cryptocurrency. According to the Department of Justice, the new team will work closely with the National Cryptocurrency Enforcement Team, the DOJ announced on Thursday. So what does the government do when the people try to create something in which they cannot be regulated by the government? Well, they come in and they say, well, guess what? We're still going to regulate you. We're seeing that in Canada. It will ultimately make its way to the U.S. And let's take a peek at the people that are being arrested right now. this broke a little. So, this is a clip from earlier tonight, and it says a convoy protesters are linking arms in the downtown core of Ottawa to prevent more police arrests. And for my podcast listeners, it is a line of Canadians chanting freedom because they are trying to stop from being arrested here a cold night in ottawa but these people are out here standing up for their freedoms and rights having to link arms so they don't get arrested by the gestapo over there in canada and again too just to really highlight who the canadian police and the canadian government are coming after and arresting uh, these these are the violent and terroristic canadians that need to be attacked from all angles whether that's financially or physically let's watch So podcast listeners, what we're seeing or hearing, I would say, is Canadians dancing in a circle. They're all holding each other's shoulders. It looks like the end scene of the Grinch, where the Grinch and the Whoville citizens all come together in this beautiful show of unity. And they're here standing together. And this is who the Canadian police are coming after. This is who the Minister of Finance is freezing the bank accounts of. So just to reiterate, if anybody was confused on who the bad guys are here, it's not the Canadian Freedom Convoy. It's Justin Trudeau and every single politician worldwide who has ever arrested any peaceful protester for standing up for their rights and freedoms. Now, I was talking about how Canadians are now being arrested, and I mentioned uh, Tamara Lisch, who is the Freedom Convoy organizer. She was re- uh, Her arrest was reported following an earlier warning from Ottawa police that a crackdown was imminent, and shortly after, another convoy organizer was arrested. Now, this is according to reports from journalist Joe Warmington. Freedom Convoy 2022 organizer Tamara Lich has been arrested tonight by Ottawa police, and uh, there she is being handcuffed. And this was a heartbreaking live stream uh, that she put out because she she knew she was about to be arrested. So let's listen to what she had to say uh, prior to her arrest.
1: There's a pretty good chance. Well, I think it's inevitable at this point. But, uh... I'll probably be going somewhere tomorrow where I'll be getting three square meals a day,
2: <laughs> and that's okay. I, um, I'm okay with that, and I want you to know that I'm not afraid.
1: I'll probably get some sleep finally. <laughs> Just please
2: stay peaceful. And please take care of each other.
0: So that is one of the Freedom Convoy organizers, and that is the video that I watched before going live, which resulted in my 20-minute rant about how we're no longer free in this country. It's a peaceful Canadian protester who went to go stand up for her rights, and now she's being arrested. So that's what's going on in the West. And then if we look to the media funny. Uh, we we're unable to view this tweet because the account owner decided to limit who could view their tweets. And who is this account owner that we were trying to uh, read the tweet of? Well, it was a reporter, I believe Canadian, who basically doxed a yogurt shop owner. I, I'm going off of memory here. I believe she owned a frozen yogurt shop uh, and it got targeted and somebody threw bricks through the window because she was doxed by the media because she donated like $40. To the Freedom Convoy. And now, what does the media do? They run and hide like the cowards that they are. The Washington Post is contacting people whose donation info was leaked and who gave as little as $40 to the truckers to ask them why they did so. Email provided to me by a source: this is from Sagar and Genty, who has a great podcast here in the US. And that email reads. Blank, my name is Blank. I'm a reporter at the Washington Post and I'm writing about leaked data on give, send, go contributions to the trucker convoy in Canada. Your name and email address are associated with a $40 contribution. Could you please tell me if this matches your records and either call or reply to this email to share what motivated you to contribute to the campaign? None of your damn business, Washington Post. People can donate to whoever they want to. Do you think that they went and they emailed all of the BLM donators who bailed out rioters who were violently assaulting people on the street and burning down small businesses do you think that they reached out to any of them absolutely not because the media is one-sided and they only care about one narrative and that narrative is whatever destroys and corrodes free freedom in any country the fastest Let's also say there's there's much more than just this. The Ontario government staff are out of a job after $100 donation to Ottawa blockade. Others under scrutiny. The director of communications in the Ontario ministry. Uh, no, that just reloaded. Give me two seconds here. The director, director of communications in the Ontario ministry responsible for enforcing the law is out of a job after she was tied to a $100 donation supporting the convoy. Blocking Ottawa streets. So they name her here and they say that she's sev- among several of governmental staffers and associates under scrutiny after their names were leaked of some of the 100,000 donations to American crowdfunding website Gifts and Go. So that's what's currently going on in Canada right now. And um, things are getting so crazy that we even have politicians like Ilhan Omar, of all people, saying that she fails to see why any journalist felt the need to report on a shop owner making such an insignificant donation, rather than to get them harassed, it's unconscionable and journalists need to do better. When Ilhan Omar is preaching morality, you know that we've gone to a, a bad place. And also too, the the hacker of the gin, Give, Send, Go uh, trucker contributions and donations this is him, by the way. I didn't have time to edit this so the dimensions are going to be kind of off, but listen to this psychopath who doxed all of these people and is just gloating about it. Absolutely disgusting.
2: Nothing scares me. Nothing. Yes, I doxed the truckers. I did it. It was me. I hacked Give, Send, Go, baby. And i do it again. I do it a hundred times. I did it. I did it. Come at me. What are you going to do? What are you going to do to me? Huh?
0: Okay. I think that's enough mental illness to last me for the rest of my lifetime. But again, like I talked about at the beginning of this show, these people are rotten to the core. They are truly evil. And it takes a truly evil person to Get hundreds of thousands of people docs, and that's exactly who that was. Are we surprised in the slightest? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. This fun piece of information also came out, too. Chrystia Freeland, who is, again, the Minister of Finance of Canada, the same woman who... Is freezing all of the bank accounts of freedom-loving Canadians. Well, it turns out that her granddad was indeed a Nazi collaborator. And then the headline reads, so much for Russian disinformation. So I believe it was um, her that was responding to this. This is such a long article here basically says the news conference on Monday by Foreign Affairs Minister Christian Friedland was interesting not for the announcement that Canada was extending its training mission to Ukraine, but for the questions and answers about the minister's grandfather. There have been a number of articles circulating about Friedland's Ukrainian grandfather. Ah, that's what it is. So there was articles that were circulating, appeared on pro-Russian websites, and uh, journalists were suggesting that her grandfather was... A Nazi collaborator. They tried to combat that and say, no, this is Russian disinformation. And it turns out that it was actually true. What are the sources for the information that Freeland's grandfather worked for the Nazis? For starters, the Ukraine archival records held by the province of Alberta. It has a whole file on Chomiak, that's her grandfather, including his own details about his days editing the newspaper krakowski Visti Chomiak noted he edited the paper first in Krakow, Poland, and then in Vienna. The reason he edited the paper in Vienna was because he had to flee with his Nazi colleagues as the Russians advanced into Poland. The Russians tended to execute collaborators as well as SS members. And there's that archive right there. So are we surprised at all finding out that uh, Christian Freeland's granddad was a Nazi collaborator? Well, I guess it runs in the family and it was just, you know, a part, a part of the family runs in the bloodlines to uh, act like an actual Nazi, act like a dictator and take away people's human rights. So great job, Krista Freeland, following in your grandfather's footsteps. Also... Twitter, because we all know that it isn't just the media we have to fight against, these corrupt politicians who have been tied to Nazi collaborators in the past that are trying to ruin people's lives. We also have to deal with censorship in the modern day. If you actually Google, why is censorship? Google will automatically give you the autofill of why is censorship good? Why is censorship necessary? I'll show you guys that screenshot here in a moment. But censorship, another big issue that we have to deal with. Defiant L's was censored on Twitter And people say that this was the final tweet in their drafts before they were suspended. It is two of Justin Trudeau's tweets. The top one is from 2012. And it says when a government starts trying to cancel dissent or avoid dissent is when it's rapidly losing its moral authority to govern Harper in 2005. And then it goes to Justin Trudeau in 2022. The ongoing blockades and occupations are presenting serious challenges to law enforcement's ability to effectively enforce the law. Because of that, the federal government is invoking the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity. And then what happened? Oh no, Twitter accidentally just, just suspended their account because they were about to highlight what a dictator Justin Trudeau was being and how hypocritical he has been throughout the years. But, Twitter can't censor everything and this beautiful video of Justin Trudeau being savagely booed on the floor of parliament while the whole world was watching went viral with I believe over I had millions of views people loved this video we're about to bask in the glory of this video of dictator Trudeau being booed on the floor of parliament let's watch
1: Absolutely right. This is a time for responsible leadership, not crass partisanship. The situation requires additional tools not held by
0: other federal, provincial or territorial law. It's what responsible leadership requires. These measures must be and will be compliant with the Canadian
1: Charter of Rights and Freedoms. We will always defend the rights of Canadians to peaceful assembly and to freedom of expression, but these blockades need to end and unfortunately, Conservative politicians continue to encourage the leaders of these blockades.
2: Well, Leader of the
1: Opposition.
0: Well, let's get down to the basics of what this is, a, is really about. This is about the Prime Minister's ideological attachment to keeping COVID restrictions and mandates. 63% of Canadians want the restrictions and mandates to end. Conservatives presented a motion yesterday asking simply for a plan, but the Prime Minister is in denial and is ignoring the science. He might as well be back at the cottage because he's doing nothing productive or constructive to help this situation. Can the Prime Minister tell Canadians when he will end the divisive, outdated and unscientific mandate and restrictions?
2: The right Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker.
0: Like I said, this is a time for responsible leadership to end these blockades.
1: Unfortunately, the conservatives continue to play partisan games. Uh, The conservative...
0: Oh my gosh, I love that clip. It goes for another minute or so, and we won't watch the whole thing. But I absolutely love how when Justin Trudeau gets up and is like, now is the time for responsible leadership. They're like, boo, F you, Trudeau, get out of here. You're a freaking dictator. Leave. So... I do truly hope in my heart of hearts that there will be a positive outcome for Canada. It's always so funny to me how the U.S. will intervene in every other country to protect democracy, except for the countries that actually have their democracy threatened and are actually um, what I would consider enslaving their people, Australia, Canada. Yeah, it's really funny how the U.S. will really get involved in every other country, except the countries that actually need help. And could benefit from intervention. Should we be intervening in any country? That's a conversation for an entirely different day. But all I'm saying is, if we were, it'd be great if we could actually redirect some of that interventionism into countries who actually need help and deserve it. Now, that's what's going on in Canada. Let me get to the second portion of my frustrations and why I'm very upset regarding US news. This article has been circulating. Clinton campaign paid to infiltrate Trump Tower White House servers to link Trump to Russia Durham fines. Let's go ahead and read into this just a little bit, because remember, guys, for four long years, maybe three long years. It was multiple years. We had to listen to Rachel Maddow every single night talk to us about how Donald Trump was colluding with the Russians, how the, the election was stolen. It was Russian misinformation. It was Russian collusion. Russia, 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 Russia. But you hear that for years, we're still hearing it. Okay, we're still freaking hearing it. And Donald Trump was like, hey, fam, yeah, I think I'm Clinton spying on me. And everyone was like, shut up, Trump. You're a fascist. You're a liar. You're a dictator. That's not happening happening fast forward to 2022 clinton campaign paid to infiltrate trump tower white house servers to link trump to russia absolutely freaking iconic let's let's just read a little bit into this so Lawyers for the Clinton campaign paid a technology company to infiltrate servers belonging to Trump Tower and later the White House in order to establish an inference and narrative to bring to government agencies linking Donald Trump to Russia, a filing from special counsel John Durham found. Durham filed a motion on February 11th focused on potential conflicts of interest related to the representation of former Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman, who has been charged with making a false statement to a federal agent, Sussman has pleaded, not guilty the indictment against sussman says he told then fbi general counsel james baker in september 2016 less than two months before the 2016 presidential election that he was not doing work for any client when he requested and held a meeting in which he presented reported data and white papers that allegedly demonstrated a covert communications channel between the trump organization and alpha bank which has ties to the kremlin but durham durham's filings in a section titled Factual Background, we feel that Sussman had assembled and conveyed the allegations to the FBI on behalf of at least two specific clients, including a technology executive, Tech Executive One, at a U.S.-based internet company, and the Clinton campaign. Durham's filing said Sussman's billing records reflect that he repeatedly billed the Clinton campaign for his work on the Russia Bank One allegations. Now, I didn't follow the Russian collusion nonsense for the entirety of it. It was very confusing, especially if you didn't get in on it right away. But I just remember the corruption of James Comey and how essentially that entire narrative was based on lies. The entire FBI investigation was based on lies. And now we know that Clinton, yeah, paid people to spy on Trump and the White House. Are any of us surprised? No. Is the media fairly reporting on this at all? No. And speaking of Russia, because for some reason, their public enemy number one in every single political story that I have to tell you, we were told that Russia was going to invade Ukraine on Wednesday. And uh, spoiler alert, it didn't happen. From Paul Joseph Watson, summit.news, Russia withdraws troops from Ukraine border after media said invasion was imminent. Shortly after media reports suggested a Russian invasion of Ukraine was imminent, Moscow announced that it was withdrawing all troops from the border and then claimed Western propaganda had failed. Goaded by the Biden administration, major news outlets like The Sun reported that the invasion was set for tomorrow with a massive missile blitz plan, along with 200,000 troops at the ready, but within hours, it appeared the media had jumped the gun. Now, I found several other news stories as well, that Russia was conducting their normal military drills. Of course, the US media would have us believing that no, actually, Russian military is in strategic position and they have way more troops than they normally do. Russia is literally laughing at us. And they're saying that this is Western propaganda. And to be quite honest with you, I believe Russia over the US, especially when I read stories like this one, UK and US accuse Russia of manufacturing pretext for Ukraine attacks. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken laid out how a Russian incursion could unfold at a dramatic U.N. Security Council session. And this whole entire article is basically about our U.S. Secretary of State laying out how Russia could break into Ukraine. It genuinely sounds like Blinken's like okay I'm not telling Russia to invade Ukraine but I'm telling them if they did this would be the best way to do it and I'm going to lay out to the United Nations the exact plan and the exact way they should do it they should come in um, from over here I actually drew out a map that will actually post to my Twitter account later if any Russians would like to overlook it um yeah I, uh, I laid out this specific plan of how it could happen, and I'm going to give you a very detailed representation of uh, exactly what will happen, and um, you know how we can continue to drum up these tensions between Ukraine and Russia. So that's essentially what this entire article is, and I will literally read some of it to you, so you guys don't know that I'm or know that I'm not being dramatic. It literally says here, Britain and the United States have accused Russia of seeking a manufacture seeking to manufacture a pretext to invade Ukraine amid deepening fears in the West that an attack is imminent. At a dramatic session of the U.N. Security Council in New York on Thursday evening, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken laid out how a Russian incursion could unfold. So he basically said, as lead diplomats for our nation, we have a responsibility to make every effort for diplomacy to succeed and leave no diplomatic stone unturned. He said that while he did not know precisely how a Russian invasion would play out, it could begin with a violent event, which Moscow would blame on Ukraine. It could be a fabricated so-called terrorist bombing inside Russia, the invented discovery of a mass grave, a staged drone strike against civilians, or I think even a real attack using chemical weapons. Then. This could be followed by the Russian government theatrically convening emergency meetings to address the so-called crisis. The government will issue proclamations declaring that Russia must respond to defend Russian citizens or ethnic Russians in Ukraine. Next, the attack is planned to begin. So like he's literally laying out here like, all right, Russia, if you guys do want to attack, like, this is what you should do. That's exactly how all these articles sound. And if you go read any article about Russia and Ukraine right now, every single one will tell you, U.S. officials speculate, U.S. officials allege, U.S. officials are saying, is any of this stuff actually happening? No. And the Biden administration has been talking to Ukraine about a Russian invasion since last year in November. And Ukraine to this day is still like, yeah, we're chilling guy. If Russia does invade Ukraine, I will come out gladly and say that I was wrong. I hope that I'm not and that Russia does not invade. But what I'm seeing right now looks like mass propaganda coming from the U.S., coming from the West. Murad Gazdev, who is an RT correspondent, Russian media, He says, the Russian foreign ministry has called on Western media outlets to publish a full list of dates on which Russia will invade Ukraine for the year ahead so Russian diplomats can schedule their vacations accordingly. This is not satire. They actually did this. And because I actually do care about relaying proper and real information to you guys, I actually did um, find this article and it was Maria Zakharov, the Russian foreign ministry diplomat who basically asked the Western media to announce the schedule of Russian invasions for the coming year so that the Russian diplomats can plan their vacations. Accordingly, she said this on her Telegram channel, the exact quote, a request to U.S. and British disinformation media, Bloomberg, the New York Times, The Sun, etc., announced the schedule of our, quote, invasions for the coming year. I would like to plan a vacation. This came after certain British news outlets like The Sun and The Mirror published that the invasion of Ukraine was to happen at 3 a.m. on February 16th, citing American intelligence data. So again, more examples of how this truly does seem like the U.S. drumming all of this up. And then what happens when Biden's supposed to come give commentary on what is going on? This happened on Tuesday as well. Just in all TV networks and reporters stand up live positions on the White House North Lawn lost power during Biden's remarks on Ukraine. Oh, no, I've, I've never seen that happen before. But of course, Biden is giving remarks on Ukraine and simultaneously all of the reporters lose power and then we we aren't able to get those remarks from Joe Biden, our very articulate and non-dementia ridden president. Now, the media, in trying to detract from the horrendous coverage and propaganda that they're spewing out to all of us, is trying to divert by accusing Zero Hedge of spreading Russian propaganda. Yes, you guys, AP, one of the biggest proponents of spreading U.S. propaganda, is accusing Zero Hedge of spreading Russia propaganda because Zero Hedge is accurately reporting on what is going on with Russia and Ukraine. U.S. intelligence officials on Tuesday accused a conservative financial news website with a significant American readership of amplifying Kremlin propaganda and alleged five media outlets targeting Ukrainians have taken direction from Russian spies. This first lead paragraph here, what does that sound like? It sounds like all of the media reporting during the entirety of Trump's administration. That's what it sounds like. Let's go on. The official said Zero Hedge, which has 1.2 million Twitter followers, published articles created by Moscow-controlled media that were then shared by outlets and people unaware of their nexus to Russian intelligence. Now, the AP and New York Times and American media, we take the propaganda from CBC, which is Canadian state-sponsored propaganda, about how the truckers are terrorists and insurrectionists. But um, when we do it, it's okay. But if it's Russian propaganda... Then we have to write a news article about it and try to get you canceled off the face of the earth because only state sanctioned and state allowed narratives and state allowed publications are allowed to spread propaganda and zero hedge you are not one of them. And by the way, if the mainstream media is calling some something propaganda, I would venture to say that it's most likely the exact opposite of that. Oh, Fun side note here as well on the whole situation. Uh, The Biden administration is considering a $1 billion loan guarantee to Ukraine to help them out with all these tensions between them and Russia. Who is paying for this, guys? That's right, you and me. $1 billion to Ukraine while we have um, psychopath murderers shooting at mayoral candidates here in the U.S. Let's read a little bit into that. Louisville mayoral candidate says gunman shot him at his at his campaign office. The candidate Craig Greenberg was unharmed, but the attack left a bullet hole in his sweater. A man was charged with the attempted murder. The police said, now, why does this just say a man? Why isn't it like a white supremacist Nazi? Well, it's because this man was a black man with ties to black lives matter. And this is written by the New York times. So um, let's go ahead and try to find the reality of who this person was. From Breitbart, Black Lives Matter funds bond for accused Kentucky mayoral candidate attempted assassin. So of course, Black Lives Matter is going to bail out this straight up criminal right here. And who is this criminal? His name is... Quintez Brown, he's a Black Lives Matter activist who, again, is accused of attempting to assassinate Louisville mayoral candidate Craig Greenberg. He allegedly walked into Greenberg's office and fired shots at the candidate and four others while one of the shots struck Greenberg's clothing. Again, nobody, fortunately, was injured in that shooting attack. But, of course, BLM came out full stop and paid the $100,000 bail To bail out Quintez Brown, who just tried to assassinate somebody. So great job, great round of applause to Black Lives Matter for continually uplifting the Black community. Oh, just kidding. No, they don't actually care about the Black community, which is why all the BLM organizers have million-dollar mansions in predominantly white communities in rich suburbs in California and all of these other richy-rich areas. Were they reinvesting any of the millions that they made during 2020 into actual Black communities? helping black students with their education or to get ahead in life, maybe a BLM scholarship. No, it all went to making them richer and bailing out criminals like Quintez Brown, who attempted to murder somebody. That's who BLM is, and that's what they stand for. As Elibeth Stuckey highlights, an attempted assassination of a mayoral candidate, an attack on the Capitol that resulted in the death of an officer, a terrorist attack in Wakosha that murdered six people, all perpetuated in the last year by men who espoused Black nationalist view. Are we going to discuss this? Well, Elibeth, unfortunately, we're not, because in America... We're only allowed to talk about it when one black man who's hyped up on fentanyl dies of an overdose in police custody. That's what takes over the news cycle for years and years. But if a black nationalist come in who vehemently hate white people and want to kill them for their race, remember that there are stories of a black man who went up to a little white boy, I believe he was six years old. Um, I want to say his name was Cannon Hinton. And he shot him point blank range while he was riding his bicycle. Yep. How the murder of five-year-old Kenan Hinton became a conservative controversy about race. There it is. White little boy shot point blank by a black man for no reason. So um, that is the reality. And that article, by the way, that headline was from Forbes. I was just reading it on my other computer. Um, That's why. Because in America, if the narrative doesn't perpetuate that white people are bad Nazis and that black people are the poor minority who are continuously oppressed. We don't talk about it in this country. BLM, if you want to go assassinate somebody, as long as you're a black man, BLM will get you bailed out the next day. And the media will look the other way and they will never ever report on the news again. So that's um the Russia-Ukraine slash rising crime rates in our country that's going on. But yeah, let's send a billion dollars to Ukraine because inflation isn't bad in this country. By the way, the funny thing about inflation is that the liberal media is trying to frame it as corporate greed. They're saying that the corporations in America are making a lot of money and they just decided to hike up prices just for funsies because they know that they can and they can make more money. So the media is trying to blame inflation rates and skyrocketing food prices on corporate greed right now. The White House had those remarks because they were going to make this same exact analogy during their press conference, and they omitted them because they knew it was a crock of BS. Let me see if I can actually uh, find that story here. Yep, it's right here from MSN. White House economists push back against pressure to blame corporations for inflation. It sounds crazy, right? It sounds like I just made this up, that the media is trying to pretend that corporations are just being greedy and that's what's causing skyrocketing inflation and food prices. But no, this is something that our own White House economists had to push back on. When the prepared congressional testimony of a senior administration official was circulated inside the White House in recent weeks, it included a passage tying inflation to corporate consolidation and monopoly power, but the language was eventually taken out of the remarks before they were delivered. Rem- members of the White House Council of Economic Advisers had raised objections to the idea that a spike in prices was due to corporate power, according to two people aware of the matter who spoke on the condition of anonymity due to fears of professional reprisals. So uh, also something to highlight there that if you are a part of the Biden administration and you want to tell the truth, you have to do it anonymously or you're going to get fired because this entire administration is based on lies. So if you want to tell the truth, there's no place for you here. It's probably why so many staffers are quitting. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Let's get into some COVID news and then we'll wrap it up. I've been having very long shows for you guys lately. Thank you for sticking with me. As always, uh, the article that also had my blood boiling today it comes from roll call. Masking battles show how issue that buoyed Biden in 2020 won't help party in midterms. GOP sees opening after pandemic fin- fatigued fueled win in Virginia and i would also like to highlight here too that it wasn't pandemic fatigue that fueled a win in virginia it was the attack on people's children and it was yes also covid as well that was a big part of it but i love how we're seeing these types of headlines where it's like well if democrats want to win in 2022 uh the masking battle is a losing one for sure and now we're seeing all the mask mandates being lifted in these blue cities that staunchly held tightly to them over the past two years now that it's an election year Just as we all said it would happen, all of those mandates are being lifted and we're seeing the media saying, oh, it just doesn't look like a good idea for Democrats. Like maybe you guys shouldn't do that. So, geez. From the Wall Street Journal as well. Finally, I don't know why this took over two damn years, uh, but Texas is suing the U.S. over airport mask mandate This is our Attorney General Ken Paxton on Wednesday, who is suing the Center for Disease Control, alleging the agency exceeded its authority in requiring face masks in airports and on planes. And it is not only Texas. We also have Rand Paul saying there's no reason anyone should have to wear a mask while flying. Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky said Tuesday there's no science behind mask mandates, adding he's trying to force a vote on his legislation to end mask mandates on airplanes. So I don't know why it took this long, but I'm glad that moves are finally being made on this. It's absolutely ridiculous that we are still wearing face masks in any capacity, whether that's on an airplane or in a grocery store. It is ridiculous that we were ever forced to choose between a vaccine or our jobs. And I saw this, um, this beautiful encapsulation of what we're all living through and of who our government truly is, because I cannot reiterate this enough. They do not give a damn about you or your health. Um, It reads, it wasn't the suicides, it wasn't the mental health crisis, it wasn't the struggling families, it wasn't the domestic violence, it wasn't the developmental delays, the closure of businesses, the extreme poverty, the side effects. It was the polls. That's why they're lifting the mandates. Their polls were down, and that tells you all you need to know about politics. If you needed any more examples that the government does not give a damn about you, there you go. We also have more student protests breaking out around California because students are tired of wearing their face masks. Here is some B-roll of hundreds of students standing maskless outside of their school because they're so tired of being forced to mask up. We're seeing more and more walkouts like this all around the nation. We saw high school students walking out in Washington. We're seeing several walkouts in California, and it's so sad that these students, instead of Spending their time focusing in on educating themselves for their future are having to fight for their freedoms against tyrants in these various states, against their tyrannical teachers, against their tyrannical may- mayors, city council members, uh, politicians. And. Of course, the Biden administration still is not listening to what the people want, which is why we're seeing headlines like this one came out yesterday yesterday. The Biden administration tells Congress $30 billion more needed for COVID response the biden administration says it needs at least 30 billion dollars to keep its wide ranging covid-19 response strategy firing on all cylinders and to that i would respond with we're not living through a pandemic and it's time for us to stop pretending like we are the media is lying to us our politicians are lying to us we are not living in a pandemic and this is a complete bs by the way the cdc finally came out and admitted uh yeah those covid-19 no swab tests that you took well it was processed potentially with the pcr test um there's a 10% chance that it ended up in a lab for genomic sequencing analysis. So there you go, the government harvesting your DNA even more than you know they already have been. And if you wanted to look up something like this outside of Twitter, maybe read an article on it, well, it's going to be harder and harder because I guarantee you if you look up that exact thing on Google two days from now, it's going to get buried. And we look to Google and we ask the question of why. Well, if you type in why censorship, Google immediately autofills it with is important, is important in schools and is good. Since this has been exposed, those autofills have changed, funny enough. But this is the platform of Google. This is who they are. And this is why COVID in itself has been such a hard psychological manipulation to cut through because you can't even research what's actually going on in society because Google is burying the truth about the mRNA vaccine and the side effects it has on your body. The media is burying the truth about blood clotting and why we're seeing a huge uptick in it. Oh, by the way, fun side note here. This was posted today. Facebook slash Meta's manager of community development, Jaron A. Miles, was allegedly caught in an amateur child sexting YouTube channel, Predator Catchers Indianapolis, live streamed their interrogation of him. And you can see on his face that he's 100% guilty. I didn't grab this video, but I wanted to just throw that in there while we were talking about Google, because I want you guys to all understand that these big Tech platforms are all the same. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, they are all the same. Google, they're all working in collusion to censor certain ideas and censor the truth and propagate and prop up the other ideas that are resulting in the complete destruction of our society, like the acceptance of maps and pedophilia. And why is that? Oh, it's because, yeah, Facebook's community development. Manager is a pedophile. Who's surprised by that one? Nobody here, but let's get back to the COVID news. Um, Project Veritas came out with this bombshell. I don't have time to play you the video, but I'd highly encourage that you go watch it. Uh, Project Veritas exposes Biden administration plans for annual COVID shots. Of course, none of us are surprised by this, but what is surprising is that this FDA executive officer comes out and basically says, uh, yeah, uh, these governmental organizations pay us millions of dollars. And then, or I believe it was, I think it might've been, um, like big pharma that pays the FDA millions of dollars. And then they say, Oh, you need an annual shot. I want to see if I can find the actual quote here because it's, absolutely insane. I'm going to find the video and I'm going to play it for you guys next week because it is very important. There it is. The drug companies, this is an exact quote from Christopher Cole, the FDA executive officer of countermeasure initiatives, who says, the drug companies, the food companies, the vaccine companies, they pay us hundreds of millions of dollars a year to hire and keep the reviewers to approve their products. If they big pharma can get every person required to get an annual vaccine that is a recurring return of money going into their company. Let me reiterate that the drug companies, food companies, vaccine companies pay the FDA millions of dollars a year to hire and keep reviewers to approve their products, which of course is not surprising since we are constantly seeing how many new billionaires were created over the past two years, nine new billionaires, Moderna, Pfizer, all of those stocks rose exponentially because of this push for vaccines, big surprise there. Now, I want to end the show with um, some upticks in heart conditions as well, because this is important for us to go over. I saw this picture on Twitter. It is from Nate times a million on Twitter, who says time for my third dose, hashtag get vaccinated. And then he posts later on. Hello, friends. Last night, I went to the ER with fever, chest pains, and shortness of breath. I have pericarditis, a swelling of the tissue surrounding the heart. The doctor says this may be a reaction to the mRNA booster I received Saturday. I'm doing fine today and resting up. We also have this cardiologist, Dr. Asim Mahatra who says, I'm a cardiologist with over 20 years of experience. I publish articles in high-impact medical journals, including shifting the understanding of how heart disease develops. Most of the below headlines are BS, either coincidental or deliberate distraction from the real cause. And what do those headlines read? Well, It is a photo collage of headlines that say blood clots, the popular breakfast food that could enhance the risk of blood clotting. And it's the picture of an egg for the Daily Mail. Now even sticking to medics, alcohol guidelines is bad for your health. Risks of heart problems. Tis the season. The ways the cold weather could affect your body. From winter vagina to blood clots. Mystery rise in heart attacks from blocked arteries. Extreme heat can lead to cardiovascular issues. Physical activity may increase heart attack. Heart attack to skipping breakfast increase your risk. Death during sex isn't just something that happens to middle-aged men. Talks about blood clots. Harsh winter can increase heart-related complications. Yes, even runners get heart disease. Binge watching TV linked to higher blood clots. So we're seeing a whole of these headlines about blood clotting, and the media does this to us all the time, where they try to introduce some fake angle or distraction of why we might be seeing a blood tick. Or an uptick in blood clots, while simultaneously completely ignoring that under penalty of perjury, we had doctors come forward in Washington D.C. and say that there has been a three hundred percent uptick in cancer rates. There's been a three hundred percent uptick in miscarriages over the five year average. There's been a one thousand percent uptick in neurological diseases and issues that could be affecting our pilots over the five year average. P- Dr. Peter McCullough went on Joe Rogan's po- podcast and talked about the uptick in myochidartis in young boys and How that is not something that you just get over. You have to deal with that for the rest of your life. But yeah, it's the media telling you oh, yeah, if you eat an egg, uh, that's probably why you got blood clots. So that's what's going on in our society. And I have so many other things to get to as well. Uh, But the last thing that I'll end on is um, this picture from the NHS, which I believe is in the UK. HIV testing in the emergency department. If you are aged 18 years or over and are having a blood a blood test today, you will also be tested for HIV. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is because we're also seeing a big uptick in HIV testing, and why HIV may be making a comeback. Many people have linked and said that certain people who have gotten vaccinated tested positive for HIV because of what was in the vaccine. It didn't give them HIV, but there were similarities which made them test positive for it. But we're not allowed to talk about that. And uh, please ignore this uptick in HIV that you may be seeing. The media is just gonna chop it up to, um, uh, you know, just a random occurrence that's happening out of nowhere. So uh, just look the other way, guys, look the other way. And I said I was going to end on that, but this is actually also important, and I do want to make sure I cover as much news as possible. So um, we're cutting off from the COVID news, and I do want to end with AOC. I say that I don't want like to play her, but she uh, made a very damning confession today regarding illegal immigrants and where our taxpayer dollars are going to. Uh, let's listen. We fought tooth and nail for the inclusion of undocumented people in, uh, in relief packages, stimulus
2: checks, Uh, FEMA assistance, and we've actually helped huge amounts of undocumented families in our district get federal relief um, that many others were trying to lock them out of.
0: So there you guys go. Why does the Biden administration need $30 billion more billion for COVID relief so they can go give it to illegal immigrants that are flooding our country? That's been another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez. If you stuck with me to the end of the show, thank you so much. You are a true supporter of the Rapid Fire podcast, and I appreciate you 100%. Thank you to every single person who tunes into the live show, who follows me on YouTube, Instagram, locals. I have gotten to test the beta version of Donald Trump's new social media account- truth social or a social media platform true social it's going to be an exciting one folks twitter is definitely going to have a lot of competition thank you guys so much for tuning in again if you like the show please go follow it on podcast leave a five-star review it helps us grow in the charts it helps other people find the show thank you guys for standing with me in this journey of truth and this fight for justice and this fight for our country i was black pill today but god is in control And if you are suffering, but you are suffering for a good cause and you are suffering for righteousness and for what is spiritually good, then your suffering is for the better and it is for your good. I was reading that in the Bible. God says, if you must suffer, make sure that your suffering is for Christ, is for righteousness, is for justice, and it is not because you were evil or you were committing terrible acts. So that Bible verse has been helping me through. I always butcher Bible verses and I I should have had that ready and actually read it to you guys today as a point of encouragement. But again, thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode. My name is Savannah Hernandez.